The peace of Christ be with you. As we gather here, I invite you to slow down and as you find your seat, take a couple of deep breaths and open yourself up to the presence of the living spirit right here in, with, and among us. Friends, let us worship in beloved community. Standing or sitting, let us join in the call to worship. Celebration rises, remembering the way we have come, the paths taken that have brought us here now to this place and time of celebration. Remembering the ones led to freedom by Harriet. Remembering lives and freedoms stolen.
may be seated. Welcome to worship here at Westminster. It's wonderful to see you. Whether you're a regular or you're a visitor, a special welcome to you. Or maybe you're back after some time away. It's great to have you here. I encourage you, if, if you are a member or, or a longtime regular here, to wear your name tags so that others can learn your name and that you might be uh, also encouraged to seek those out that you do not recognize, name tag or not, and introduce yourself to them after the worship service so that we might grow as a community of faith. I also want to let you know if you're a visitor, one way to, or actually visitor or not, one way to connect with us is by scanning this little QR code in your bulletin. That will lead you to a form that will go right to the pastor, so you can either give us, for example, your contact information if you're new here, so we could connect with you, or if you have a, a prayer concern or just something else you want to get to us, that's one way to do it. If you'd prefer to just write that information in the bulletin and hand it to me, that's certainly fine as well, whatever works for you. Let's join together with one voice by offering our community prayer together. Let's pray. Holy and righteous God, you created us in your image. Grant us grace to contend fearlessly against evil and to make no peace with oppression. Help us, like those of generations before us, who resisted the evil of slavery and human bondage, in any form, and any manner of oppression. Help us to use our freedoms to bring justice among people and nations everywhere. To the glory of your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And our prayers continue in quiet. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. In Christ, there is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Know that we have been forgiven. Know that we have been set free and be at peace. Amen. One of the ways that we build up the, the ties of this community is by sharing with one another what we're carrying in our lives, our joys, our occasions for gratitude, also our sources of sorrow or concern. So you're invited, if you'd like, to, to raise your hand and when called on, just share what you'd like to share with the community. Uh, please, Carol. Carol lifts up uh, two friends of hers, both whom have uh, prostate cancer that's metastasized. And so we hold them in prayer. I'll mention as well the Slavitz family. Many of you know the Slavitz family. Um, one of their adult children, Jeremy, who is a child of this church, died Friday night. And so if you, if you know them or have a connection to them and uh, would like to reach out, I'm sure they'd be comforted by that. Joe. 
Oh no. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Joe uh, mentioned Diane Newman and Lee Darby, who are on a trip together in in England and got COVID on the trip. And so, and Joe is actually supposed to be on that trip. So, just oh, they're back now. Oh yeah, but but recovering. Yeah, that's hard. Sherry. Yeah, Sherry gives thanks. She was uh, had a procedure for kidney stones this week, and we got so many offers for help and cards and really an outpouring. We're so grateful for that. Thank you. Yeah, Rebecca, and then Tammy. Thank you, Rebecca. Rebecca shares uh, a prayer of gratitude as well as grief, of course, for her grandmother's life. Her grandmother um, lived to 100 and just died, and Rebecca was able to be with her for that sacred moment. And so I'm glad you were there with her, and we hold your whole family in prayer. And we're excited that your daughter will be teaching sacred stories this morning. So thank you for being a Sunday school teacher. That's a joy as well. Tammy. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm so glad, Tammy. Tammy shares Thanksgiving for the Tahoe pilgrimage that we talked a little bit about last week, and um, we're really glad you were able to be a part of it. My hope next year is we can push it back a couple of weeks. So if we go in the summer, there's a day camp on site for the younger children, and maybe teenagers could hike with us. So stay tuned for next year. Uh, let's go, Jeff, and then Steve. No, no, you were always good at that. No, no, Jeff, you're very good at signing up for things and figuring out the how. No, no, that's not my territory. Uh, well, I joined Jeff in giving thanks for the middle school mission trip, which was last week. It's nice to be returning to that. And as you know, we, uh, it's, it's our practice to go to the same place every year to build relationships. And Jeff was remarking about how actually these were all new young people this time, but the people there have the relationship with us as a, as a body. So it felt familiar, even though there were a lot of new faces, and I'm just thrilled you're able to go again and, and, and keep those connections going. Steve. Uh, so Joy, Lisa, and I are celebrating our 12th uh, anniversary. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Happy anniversary to Steve and Lisa. That's fantastic. Great. Jim, did you have your hand up? Yeah, and then I'll, I'll get you. 
Terrific. Thanks for lifting that up, Jim. Jim is lifting up the strengthening ties that the church is having with Marin City, particularly around the Senior Center, which is really a community center, as I understand it, uh, in including a, a wheelchair ramp we built, the youth uh, built as part of a, a garden project, this tiered garden. It's lovely if you've not been down there to see it. And the Boy Scout troop that we are now, that's chartered here, has done several projects there. Our lunches on Tuesdays are going there. So if, if that's something you'd like to, first of all, celebrate it, but if you'd like to learn more about, I'm sure we'd be happy to, to show you what's going on there and connect you. Uh, Soul, did you have your hand up? That you, look, that you look like a young Ben, is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, that's hysterical. So if you, those of you who know ben, Bethany's, uh, Bethany, associate pastor, Bethany's daughter, Ben, he's, uh, he's not shy for colorful clothing, and other staff children seem to be in, inhabiting that tradition. So Soul is uh, Ben look like today. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce is lifting up dads for today and giving thanks for those who are dads now and maybe remembering dads we've lost. And we know those days can carry a lot for people. So however it's hitting you, yeah. Please, Ellen. Oh, your, your mom's best friend, is that right? So Ellen shares a joy of kind of a serendipity of being connected to some family friends. So that's great. Oh, this is terrific. So much going on. That's great. Well, let's come together. Oh, one, yeah, why stop now? Yeah, thank, thank you, Clark. Um, and I'm glad you said that because it reminded me of something else as well. Um, we give thanks that Ruthie is, is almost all the way back from what he's describing as a mild case of COVID. So we're grateful for that. We're also grateful for the way she's kept things moving, even in her physical absence here. The last couple of weeks, the music programs had illnesses that have required us to, required them to make some very last minute changes, including what you're about to hear. But um, after you hear what you're about to hear, I think you might find God's providence in it. I'm just telling you that. So let's come together in a time of prayer. God, for the richness of a community so willing to share joys and sorrows together, we give you thanks. Mindful of how many don't have such a place where loneliness or isolation reigns. So as our hearts overflow, we ask that you would continually send us out into the world to connect with those who wander by themselves, who face the kinds of obstacles we all face, that we might be a loving presence to and for them, and that we might recognize your loving presence in them for us. We dedicate everything that we carry to you as a prayer, as an offering, and ask that you journey with us in all our days. 
Oh God, we pray everything that we pray aloud or in the quiet of our hearts in the name of the one who taught us to pray together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Front. Well, wait though. Let me do. Let me do birthdays first. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no. Just in, no. You can stay up here. It's okay if you stay up here. Yeah. It just we don't want to dismiss you before we do the birthday blessing, yeah. so it's fine. And I told you so, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw that on your fingers. 
Yeah, birthday blessing, yeah, it does. It does say it. Are you going to argue with the pastor? This is my son, by the way. I don't, it does. I don't talk to any child that way. Right there. Birth, I even circled it because it's my part. I circled my parts. I don't circle my parts. That's when, why yeah. I went to the wrong spot. When Bethany's not here, I do everything I can not to lose track. So, yeah. If this is your birthday month or you missed your birthday, I invite you to come down in special gift today. You get blessed by the children, too. So anybody miss their birthday month? Or is, if it's your birthday, come stand on the, one of the steps there. No, no, you've got Fred. There we go, Meg. All right. Sandy's running away. I'm just kidding. She's doing, she's doing Usher stuff. Go ahead and stand up on the steps there, if you would. The other day, I think it was last Sunday during the prayer time, or maybe after the sermon, one of the moments when we had quiet in worship. And the reason we have quiet in worship, just like I think we talk about this in sacred stories, is that's when we make room to hear God's voice. And during one of those quiet times last week, everybody had kind of settled down. And then all of a sudden, you could hear all this bird song coming in from the windows. And it just sort of hit me that that's kind of what all of this is about trying to quiet ourselves enough, quiet all the noise enough that we can hear the songs of this creation come to us from the mouth of God, we might say. So this is your poem for your birthday month. I Pray to the Birds by Terry Tempest Williams. I pray to the birds because, because I believe they will carry the messages of my heart upward. I pray to them because I believe in their existence, the way their songs begin and end each day, the invocations and benedictions of the earth. I pray to the birds because they remind me of what I love rather than what I fear. And at the end of my prayers, they teach me how to listen. And my prayer for you this year is that you pray in whatever way helps you hear that song, that song from God. Happy birthday. Fred, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, lift up our countenance to you and give you peace. Sandra, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, lift up our countenance to you and give you peace. Watch out, Junior Ben. May the Lord bless you and keep you, Meg. Make his face shine upon you. Lift up our countenance to you and give you peace. Amen. You may be seated. <laughs> I have to tell you one of the two things before we get started. One is what I love about this place and about our faith. And about our faith is that we make mistakes sometimes, especially me. My life is a mess a lot of times, but our church still loved me. <laughs> and our, he was definitely came out at the right time. You know what else I love? Is that Christian has great taste in clothing. Look at that shirt. Look at that. I like that. Who dresses this guy? They, they got good taste. Eric Tate. Oh, that's great. Well, something really exciting happened this week. We got to see it in Santa Cruz. Is Steph Curry won 
or the Golden State Warriors won a championship, right? Right? And so this is Steph Curry, if you don't know. And I was doing some reading about Steph Curry because I'm amazed how he can score from everywhere and nobody can stop him. And do you know that there is... It's what? Mid-court, yeah. He can shoot from mid-court? Okay. And he can shoot from there. Okay, so I did some reading that there are teams that have something called the Curry Rules for how to guard Curry. Just Curry, not any of the other players, but how to guard Curry. And you know what their rules are? Two people have to guard him before he gets to half court. And that's their rule. And at least one person has to be at least two feet away from him at all times. That's their rules for guarding him. That's really hard. There's another player. The reason I heard this is because they are leaving someone open. That's right. And so he just has to pass it. And he did very well at that, which is why they won a championship. Do you know who this person is? Also, rules about guarding And you know what their rules for Michael Jordan was? Change the defense every time he gets the ball and foul him every time he goes to the rim. Is that, those are hard rules, aren't they? And so he knew they were going to foul him. He started exercising so he wouldn't get hurt. There are all these rules that people have to guard people, to do certain things. I've heard that people have rules for life. Rules for life, like some people say you should make your bed in the morning. Have you heard that before? Yeah, some of them have heard that. And I know, and I know the Deanies both make their beds. Yeah. There, I've heard other rules, like you should only be friends with people who care about you. Yeah. That's not true. Only be friends with people who care. Have any of you heard rules like that? No. Well, a long time ago, there were some people that got together and said, I wonder what kind of rules God would want us to live by. And they wrote down, they wrote them down, and they've been preserved for many, many years. And do you know who knows them? Sophia. And they're 10. And so, and we thought, we're going to learn some of the rules that these people felt like God had given them. So let's go find out what they are. Go now in peace. The scripture reading today is Exodus twelve. 31 through 36. Listen for what the Spirit is saying. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron in the night and said, Rise up, go away from my people, both of you and the Israelites. Go, worship the Lord as you said. Take your flocks and your herds as you said, and be gone, and bring a blessing on me too. The Egyptians urged the people to hasten their departure from the land, for they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, 
with their kneading bowls wrapped up in their cloaks on their shoulders. The Israelites had done as Moses told them. They had asked the Egyptians for jewelry of silver and gold and for clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked. And so they plundered the Egyptians. This is holy wisdom, holy word. As is so often the case today, the music could have done the preaching. Certainly the hymns and then that gorgeous anthem you heard, the closing hymn will close the deal, so to speak. I was probably, I would guess 10, when I sat in Sunday school in Ms. Deborah Robinson's class. Bet you don't think they remember you, but they remember you if you've taught Sunday school. And in this particular lesson, all we did was sing that opening hymn let my people go. There she was, a soprano, and there we were, well, sopranos too, I guess. <laughs> None of us having had our voices drop yet. I mean, trying to hit those notes, you know, this deep, guttural, spiritual, and all of us up here. But she wanted us to internalize the power of that song. And what it said about the Exodus story and I think probably what it also says about some of our contemporary stories as well. It's a powerful song, like so many of the spirituals out of the black church are. And some of it quite tough. I mean, that verse about smiting children. But of course, that all depends on where you find yourself in the story. And if you're a slave, some of that powerful language, well, that sounds like freedom. There is no confusion in those churches about the quote-unquote angry Old Testament God, one of the great heresies that's repeated in churches all the time. But it was not lost on them. There was no confusion about who the God in the Old and the New Testament was and is, and that is the God is the God of liberation, the God of setting people free. And so they very much, uh, slaves and and others in the black church grasped onto that Old Testament narrative, narrative of the Exodus as the primary story of the Christian people, and you could say the Jewish people as well. The movement from captivity to freedom, and God getting off the sidelines and taking aside of those who were slaveholders and standing up against Pharaoh and those who oppress. So whether it's let my people go, or swing low, sweet chariot. They sang that story in ways that made that ancient refrain land in modern times as they dreamt about their own freedom. And they reminded themselves that God was on their side in the midst of that. One of the biggest mistakes slaveholders ever made if they were trying to uphold the institution of slavery was to give the slaves the Bible. And think about the miracle of this, forcing a religion on people against their will and those people finding their own freedom from that. Talk about the turn of all turns. And there were attempts to keep portions of the Bible away from them for reasons you can now understand. 
how it was lost on some who held slaves that the religion they supposedly upheld contained in it a message for all time of liberation from captivity, but much is lost on us as well. So we shouldn't perhaps be so quick to judge, even as we recognize the evil of that institution. So they found in scripture, and they found in the tradition, God's will for them to be set free. And they sang it until freedom came to them. I don't know if I would have lasted a minute as a slave. I mean, not a singular minute. I can't imagine what that existence would be like. You, you can read books or, you know, see films or even go through simulations. You know, they had these sort of, there was one in the area where I grew up of, you experience what the Underground Railroad must have been like. And it was apparently traumatic. But the hell of slavery was there was no turning it off. You can put a book down, you can stop a screen, you can even use your safe word in a simulation, but there was no safe word for slaves. It was inescapable, except, I suppose, for the few who escaped. But the punishment for trying to escape and not succeeding, well, you can imagine how deadly that was. So imagine what that experience would have been. And I don't think I would have made it a minute. You know how many minutes are in a year? Single year? Yeah, I've memorized this, not because of my contemplation over deep things, but because I love the musical Rent. So if you know, if you know Rent, you'll know that it's 525,600 minutes. So let me throw two dates out to you. Uh, January 1st, 1863 and June 19th, 1865. And you can think about how many minutes in between those two. Over a million, it's more than a year, probably a million and a quarter minutes, not one of which I would have made. In January 1st, 1863, slaves gathered in churches awaiting the release from captivity through the Emancipation Proclamation. Right? Many of us know this. But it wasn't until June 19th, this very date, in 1865, over two years later, that slaves in Texas realized their full freedom. It was then that Union soldiers made their way into Galveston and set them free, finally. Two years after they were legally set free. All those minutes. And all the minutes that came before. People were born into that institution, died in it. Parents were born into it. Children were born into it, died in it. All that time that went by. That occasion, which is marked today, June 19th, is now known as Juneteenth, which many of us know. And last year was made a federal holiday for the first time. And if you were in church last year, the Sunday after, I, not that you would remember this, but if you did, you would remember I didn't say a word about it. And I remember reflecting in my notes Gosh, some people probably would have preferred that I said something about this or preached on it, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. Now, if you follow my preaching at all, you know that I don't take it upon me the responsibility to comment on every civic calendar notation or anniversary, or, and not because I don't think they're important, but if, if I decided to do that, it would, I would sort of be all I did. There's so many important markers throughout time, so many important 
designations. It's Pride Month. We're proudly a church that supports folks across the spectrum of sexuality and orientation and identity. But I haven't dedicated a month to that. So I don't, I don't do that for every even meaningful occasion. But my reason for omitting Juneteenth last year was more particular, it's more specific. There was something about me as a, as a white preacher taking a victory lap on that that just felt kind of out of tune. And the reason, I'll just tell you why it felt out of tune to me, was because some of the voices of color, and I don't pretend that all voices of color speak with one voice. I mean, there's plenty of diversity there. But many of the ones that I was encountering were saying, okay, you've given us a holiday. I didn't ask for a holiday. I wasn't working for a holiday. I've been working to have my voting rights protected. Or I've been working to have some of the inequalities addressed. I've been working for reform in the criminal justice system. So a holiday is fine, but that's not what I've been asking for. That may be about you more than it's about us. That landed with me. Now, I think there's power in a symbolic gesture such as a holiday. I don't think that's insignificant. But what those voices taught me, at least, is that those kinds of gestures can become a distraction where people can pat themselves on the back for them and then accidentally, without maybe thinking about it, wash their hands of it rather than rolling up their sleeves and continuing the work. And we know there's work to be done. We don't deny there's progress. But we also know there's work to be done. So a few examples. I was... Uh, reading recently about some of the discrepancies in the, in the medical care system. So for example, studies have shown that blacks are systematically undertreated for pain in hospitals compared to their white counterparts. So they're literally given fewer painkillers for the same kinds of complaints. Now think of, think of that, not just literally, if you've been in the hospital lately, but think of that symbolically that we hear their pain less. We don't believe them. And they say they're hurting at the same level. Uh, here's an excerpt from a ProPublica article. It says, according to the CDC, black mothers in the US die at three to four times the rate of white mothers. One of the widest of all racial disparities in women's health. Put another way, a black woman is 22% more likely to die from heart disease than a white woman. 71% more likely to perish from cervical cancer, but 243% more likely to die from pregnancy or childbirth-related causes. In a national study of five medical complications that are common causes of maternal death and injury, black women were two to three times more likely to die than white women who had the same condition. I, and it's not just the patient side. Flip, flip the script. Got so many good medical workers in this congregation, I was wary of sharing some of this because I know they're fighting the good fight. Uh, maybe you know the name Aunt, um, Myron Roll. Does anybody know that name if you're a sports fan? If, you know, if you're a football fan, you might know the Roll name, Antoine Roll, football player. Uh, Myron, I think it's his cousin. I think I've got that right. Played for Florida State, drafted by the Tennessee Titans, played in the NFL a couple of years, and then went on to Harvard Medical School to become a neurosurgeon. And he's now a neurosurgical resident at Mass General. 
And I was listening to an interview with him just coincidentally last week. And one of the things he talked about is how he repeatedly, when he goes into the hospital room, um, someone will say to him, oh, yeah, I'm done. You can take my tray. Or, oh, are you here to take me to the x-ray room? Because the assumption is he couldn't, he must be the person to take their food away, not the person who's come to take their tumor in their brain away. And he talks about how to act in that moment. He talked about a time when he heard the, one of his patients talking to a family member, and, and you could hear the family member, because they were talking so loudly over the phone, saying, can you believe they're going to let that N-word operate on my brother? And the white nurse was there, and she just lived to think, I'm sorry to him. But he knew in that moment he had a choice, either blow up and then be removed from the case, or be the one who, when that person woke up from the surgery, uh, be the black face that that person saw, having saved his life, which is what he did. According to U.S. News and World Report, because it's not, just, it's not just the medical field, that's just a snapshot, nationally blacks are incarcerated five times the rate of whites. Gosh, this sounds like we're picking up right where we were last week. If you were here last week, we talked about how, you know, progress doesn't just come automatically. You can't just stand there and wait for it to happen. It's constant effort, or you can even go backwards, heaven forbid. As Coretta Scott King said, struggle is a never-ending process. Freedom is never really won, though there may be milestones. That's my addition. You earn it, and you win it with every generation. So that's why I think it felt out of tune. I'm not saying nobody should have done it, but why I didn't quite bring myself to do it last year to preach about Juneteenth. Eugene Robinson, who's a columnist for the Washington Post, who's black, called recognizing the Juneteenth as a federal holiday as a hollow victory. I mean, he gets to say, I mean, listen to him, not me. Um, but what I can advise is that as Christians, as people seeking faith, who want to the walk in the steps of Jesus Christ, that we have to all remember our common heritage as slaves. Slavery is our birthright or a curse. Right? That we all come out of the Exodus story. Now, some will point out, well, I don't know if that story is really true. It depends, of course, what you mean by true. It is so that there's no archaeological evidence that the Exodus ever happened. If you think I'm being heretical, don't blame me. The rabbis told me that, right? They have no qualms with that. Some would say, well, that makes it a far less powerful story if it didn't happen that way. I think it makes it a far more powerful story because our ancestors chose that as their founding story. If you were to write a myth history for your people, wouldn't you be the kings? Wouldn't you be the ones in charge who had the power? No, our ancestors either discerned or intuited or experienced or dreamed that they were born of slavery and therefore were forever wedded to be connected to what it's like to be in that position as opposed to this position. And our history is inextricable from that if we are to be faithful. Deuteronomy 24.18 says this, Remember that you were a slave in Egypt, Egypt meaning the narrow place, 
And the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this. What's the commandment? What's the this? To never deny the resident alien of justice. Never deny the orphan of justice. Never take a widow's garment as pledge, as a collateral. So basically, always protect the vulnerable. The reason you remember you anchor your history in slavery is to make you forever compassionate to those who are on the bottom. To always remain in solidarity with them as God remained in solidarity with them as the story goes. Rabbi Michael Adam Lotz writes this, the Bible is a radical sacred text that teaches God's sides with the powerless slaves instead of the powerful Pharaoh. Pharaoh finally relents, and not when God asked nicely, if you noticed. And we like nice things. Me too. I like things to just be nice. But God had to make it pretty hard on Pharaoh before Pharaoh relented. Pharaoh relents. People of Israel are set free, but they don't go empty-handed. They're given jewelry, silver, gold, clothing. They asked for it and they received it. Scripture says they plundered the Egyptians. Ancient reparations. That's what's in the story. Wow, that's heavy, Rob. It's the lightest day of the year. This is the lightest Sunday. It's gorgeous out. 5.11 this morning, I opened my eyes. There was light coming in. It's a beautiful day. Summer started. It's Father's Day. Can't we just, you know, go have a nap? And that's not a hint. You got to bring us down with all the... Oh, heavy. I know what you're carrying. I know what's going on in the world. I know how hard you're working to be faithful people in this complex set of realities. So many good people trying to hold it together to stand up for the right thing and do the right thing and come together. That's why you're here. You could be a million other places. You could be napping. Some of your fellow members are. <laughs> but because you're so committed to walking in the path that Jesus set out before us, you're here. You're doing the work. And I know some of what you're carrying. I don't know all of what you're carrying, but the angst or the frustration, or the uncertainty. We're in some pretty uncertain times, some pretty scary times, in a macro scale, not to mention all the little things that you're dealing with, some of which you share, some of which is way too tender to share. The gift of church, a community of faith, is it's a place where you can come and you can bring all that. You don't have to hide it, or you can hide it, but you can carry it with you. And in community with authentic relationships of people who will support you and love you, even if they don't agree with you all the time, you can offer all, things, all those things over as an offering to God who can turn all that into a renewing and renewable energy source where you can be lift, lifted up and carried and enabled to take the next step on the journey, where you can be an inspiration to the person sitting next to you who may be struggling in ways you don't know right now. It can be a place where we can bring in folks who have to face all that you face alone without the kind of solidarity that comes with a community of faith, without a sense of a spirit that's working on their behalf for their freedom too. That You can bring that here and together we can give ourselves a little something to get 
down the road and we can open ourselves to a great something that will lift us all up. And I know there are times when it feels like you have nothing left and you don't need one more assignment or one more piece of work to do. I know that. Think of what the slaves had when they had nothing else. Nothing. I mean, the rent, when it spells out how those minutes occupy a year, asks the question, how do you measure a year? How would they have measured years without the milestones that we get? They had nothing. But they had the song. They had songs that they could sing in the fields and wherever they worked to remind themselves of a story that must have been unbelievable given what they were enduring, that God was on their side working for their freedom, that a God was out there that loved them and could pull them to that place. They had the song, told them who God was, reminded them of God's promise, gave them the strength to do the work they needed to do, and maybe the hope that someone else would be working on their behalf. Maybe, I don't know. And if nothing else, you have that too. If nothing else, you have that too. The songs of freedom and the ability to lift other voices in song. And so we too can lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven rings, rings of the harmonies, the multiple voices of liberty. So as you go from this place, whatever you have, carry that song with you. Amen.
Amen. You may be seated. I was struck as I saw the ushers come forward. Just how many people it takes to pull off any given Sunday. I once counted, and it's something like 60 people. So uh, thank you to the ushers. I think Kirk was recording, is doing the streaming today, so thank you to Kirk Ludwig for doing that. Are any elders here today? If you're an elder, stand up. It's just good. To, you should see who your elders are from time to time. Thank, so thank you. Um, these are the elected leaders of the church on, in terms of governance. And so they're there, put there by you, and they're there for you. So get to know them and connect with them. You can be seated. What about deacons? Any deacons here today? Any deacons? Yeah, we've got Nancy in the back. Any other deacons? May have had some at 8. Oh, I know we had the deacon moderator at 8.30, so we had some other. Thank you, Nancy. I want to try to do a better job of lifting up the leaders in this church as a way of cultivating leadership, too. Everybody's called to lead or to chip in here in a certain way. And so if you're thinking, well, how could I do that? Well, come talk to one of us, and we can connect you with something that may be meaningful for you and would be a blessing to us. But thank you to those who are doing uh, such important work in the life of this church now. As we talk about the life of this beloved community, my main piece of advice stays the same, which is to make sure you're getting our weekly email, e-news. That's their best source of information. Check your bulletin as well. I want to highlight just a couple of pieces for you. This Tuesday, we'll be doing a, a solstice gathering as part of a spiritual life group. We'll be meeting at Mere Beach at 6 o'clock where we're going to have a fire. If you want to bring a picnic dinner, you can. If you want to skip dinner and eat s'mores for dinner, you can do that too. You you have my permission to do that. Uh, we will provide that. We'll also do a really fun activity for all ages together. We'll build a labyrinth on the beach uh, by clearing the space and kind of carving it out together. It's, it's really fun, so that's good for kids and folks who are not kids. So we'd love to see you there. We'd like your RSVP because it gives us a little sense on planning, but we don't require it. So if the mood strikes you on Tuesday, head on out there, whether you've told us or not. Um, Secondly is one that I can't read. Third is uh, I want to remind you of the mission trip that Carol talked about last week in worship. We're hoping to send a, a team to Kentucky to do some rebuilding after the devastation from the tornadoes of last year. We had a few people indicate interest last week, which is a really good sign, and we'd like to see a handful more so we can make that trip a go. So if you're interested in that, it'll be in September. Uh, talk to Carol. She's near the back. Or if you can't, wave your hand, Carol right after the service. So if you can make the meeting, go to the meeting right after the service in the library. If you can't make the meeting but you're interested, either catch Carol on the way out or say something to me. Um, yeah, and this other one is still a mystery. So That's what it is. It looks like siles, but it says singles. That's right. Uh, Mary Beth, what do you want to say about the singles? Uh,
Thank you, Mary Beth. If you couldn't hear that, is um, another example of leadership. Uh, Mary Beth coming forward and saying, hey, what, if we, what would it look like for us to have a singles ministry here? And in my time here, we've never done that. So this is probably long overdue. But Mary Beth and some others are thinking about how to do that, and they're, they're open to your ideas and your participation in leadership. And there's an informational meeting next Sunday, 1130, upstairs. So we'd love to see you there. And if you can't be there, just reach out to one of us to let, you, let us know that you're interested. And with that, let's turn to our closing hymn, number 
Friends, as you go from this place, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day. Amen.